Welcome to Indie Reads Aloud, a storytelling podcast with your host, Diana Catherine Plopa. Come gather round, grab a snack, and listen to a story. Each week, we'll feature a new indie author with a story to tell. There are no long-winded interviews, no sales pitches, just stories. Most of the stories we'll tell will be family-friendly, but if they're not, you'll get fair warning before the reading begins. If you want to hear more, investigate the story notes for links to the author and where to buy their books. You can find us at dkpwriter.com. And now, sit back, relax, and listen to a story. Welcome, everybody, to another fun episode of Indie Reads Aloud. This is this is really great. I love meeting new authors in new genres that I've never known before, and I love introducing them to you. Today, that introduction is for Catherine Chestnut. Thank you so much for being on the program today. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited. It's it's fun to meet new people. I mean, we were just talking in the green room forever and didn't forever. realize what time it was. <laughs> so um, Catherine Chestnut has an extensive and varied career background that spans across many different industries. She knows a thing or two about connecting with people. During the past two decades, Catherine has navigated the realm of self-care, studying multiple wellness disciplines to support her own personal growth and healing journey from narcissistic abuse. She can shift seamlessly from topics around marketing, marketing to kinesiology, then coaching in the same conversation. And I can absolutely vouch for this. You and I had a very broad conversation. Anybody wants an interesting conversation, just connect with <laughs> Catherine. You're, you're going to have a good time. So the book that you've written is called Inner Affirmations Using Mindfulness to Connect to Your Inner Wisdom. First of all, love the title. It was a fantastic title. And I'm really interested to hear your reading because every time we find something that connects with us, we like to learn more about it. And it's the nature of humanity to learn and grow, especially for those of us who are on a growth path. We make it an, uh, you know, an authentic, intentional part of how we live. So I'm really excited to, to hear about your book so that I can add it to my TBR and then maybe learn things that I didn't know before. So I'm super excited. Can you tell us just real quickly um, an overall explanation of the book and, and why you wrote it? Absolutely. So the book really walks you through the process of uh, how to do more mindful journaling, which is a process that I learned about over 25 years ago, and I've been doing it ever since then. And I knew at some point about 17 or 18 years ago, I had taken that process and, and taken it just a little bit further. Mm-hmm. And myself, and I knew that I needed to share that at some point in my life. Now, at that point in my life, I was knee deep in strategic marketing planning and 
other things in my life. Um, I did get away from the journaling for a little while while I was in that abusive relationship, but it never left my mind. I knew that was a tool that was there. So I decided to write the book. I was like, go back to the beginning. What did I learn when I was, you know, how did I learn how to do this? And that was the process that I walked people through in the book. That's extraordinary. I am super interested, as everyone knows who listens to the podcast now, over 100 episodes, I am absolutely happiest in the world when people read out loud to me. So I'm going to sit back and be six, and I'm going to let you sit in the big comfy chair and read to me. That's, That's what I love. So we'll chat a little bit afterward, but if you're ready, please take the microphone and read aloud. All right. And I, I don't know that this is for a six-year-old, but we'll just, we'll just go with that. Well, you know, you can be six at any moment in life. Okay. So when you hear the word affirmation, concepts like self-empowerment and positive thinking probably come to mind. Wikipedia suggests that An affirmation is a statement that is repeated and written down frequently. Affirmations, to put it simply, are statements of belief. Throughout the years, people have transformed their mindset by replacing cynical thoughts with more constructive statements of belief. Those who want to overcome self-sabotage, and a pessimistic outlook in life saw improvements when they used affirmations. Affirmation statements encourage us. They help anchor us in times of struggle or extreme anxiety. People use affirmations for all sorts of reasons, but with one consistent goal to create a reality that is happier, more fulfilling, and more successful than what we've previously believed to be possible. So why affirmations? According to psychiatrist and author, Dr. Walter E. Jacobson, what we believe about ourselves at a subconscious level can have a significant impact on the outcome of future events in our lives. In other words, a belief like I suck at bowling can actually predict whether or not you're able to knock down any pins. Affirmations neutralize this negative pattern of thinking. And by focusing on the positive, either by repeating statements or writing them down, you can train your brain out of a toxic and limiting mindset. Refocusing your thoughts this way can have some pretty magical results. And science backs up that magic. Because affirmations are so powerful, they should be approached with care. In fact, some types of affirmations can have a detrimental effect on you. 
there's been extensive research on affirmations and how much they have impact on our mental health. But, and the results can be significant, at least I'm impressed, but some kinds of positive affirmations don't have the kind of impact that we might think or want. So behavioral studies have found that saying positive affirmations in the present tense can actually have a detrimental effect on people with low self-esteem. And here's why. Positive affirmations aren't just wishful thinking, as a lot of skeptics have suggested. Just saying positive statements like I have healthy eating habits without truly feeling or believing them can backfire on you. The problem with affirming something about yourself is that you're committing yourself to action and you may not really want to do what you're committing to do. So you may feel that the affirmation is insincere. And the interesting thing about insincerity or sincerity is that you can trick yourself into wanting to want what you think you want. I know that sounds crazy, but use a statement like, I have healthier eating habits is a better way of affirming yourself in that situation. So this is a sincere, authentic, from your core statement. You might not have great eating habits right now, but you truly want to eat healthier. Affirmations are about your internal power and they represent a kind of self-mastery. Affirmations bring around a keen awareness of your true core values. And they are the path towards living out those values. The values that you already know in your core and your most powerful affirmations are already within you perhaps just not the way that you think. So the exercise at the end of this chapter is to take out your notebook and pen and take a few minutes to write down the answers to these questions. What quality about you is most unique? Why do people want you in their lives? What quality do others consider to be your strongest asset? What quality makes you feel really alive and wonderful when you express it? And what quality is most evident when you are being most powerful? Have you ever tried to write with your non-dominant hand? Perhaps you tested this out as a child, wondering what it might feel like to write with your other hand. It probably felt awkward and wrong. And that is what I am exactly saying to do here. Non-dominant handwriting has been such a huge part of my own self-growth and support for my mental health. 
that the practice has strengthened me in ways that I can't even articulate. It's that powerful. When you write with your non-dominant hand, you're so focused on forming the letters that the act becomes highly intentional. And that intentionality means your ego can't interfere with the inspiration that is coming in. That intentionality moves you towards a place of mindfulness, a place that gets you out of your head and into your heart. But really, why non-dominant handwriting? Why focus on a method of journaling when I could write in a more free form flowing way? Why would I write something I can't even read? There's a place in journaling with your dominant hand too. Don't get me wrong. Sometimes I need to do some stream of consciousness writing that spills onto the page without effort. But the non-dominant handwriting is a gift because it supports that journaling practice too. Non-dominant handwriting boosts brain activity. If you normally write with your right hand, the left side of the brain controls that activity. When you start using the opposite hand, you activate the other side of the brain. And this actually strengthens the connections between your two brain hemispheres. Essentially, you're having to think extra hard about using a hand that you don't typically use, and overall, you're strengthening the brain activity in both sides of your brain. Everybody wins. Non-dominant handwriting means having to think more carefully about each word, even each letter. It is an act of mindfulness. It forces you to slow down more and think about each small movement. And that is where the magic and the science starts to happen. Intentionality exercises, anything from breath work to yoga to meditation, all do a great job of slowing you down. And in these practices, you are forced to focus on just being in your body because you get out of your head and away from distracting thoughts and a racing mind, your ego also quiets down and falls away into the background. These kinds of activities allow you to be with your authentic self without your chattering, demanding ego getting in the way. Because the act of writing with your non-dominant hand activates your parasympathetic system, you're slowing down, being fully in your body, and allowing a different type of wisdom to shine through while you write. This wisdom comes from your own truth, from your own authentic self. 
That's why it's one of the most effective ways to connect with your spiritual self. Any act of mindfulness is a highly effective way to communicate with your guides, whether that be God, a higher power, your ancestors, your angels. Non-dominant handwriting is powerful because it creates the space for this type of connection and communication. And it creates a foundation for self-affirmation that will support you for the rest of your life. So now it's your turn to try again. Go back to, we're gonna go back to the questions that we wrote in the first exercise. We're not gonna look at them, but we're going to write them in our non-dominant hand this time. So again, the questions are, what quality about you is most unique? Why do people want you in their lives? What quality do others consider to be your strongest asset? What quality makes you feel really alive and wonderful when you express it? And the quality that is most evident when you are being the most powerful. If you're like most people, the second set of answers are different from the first. There may be some similarities, but I'll bet there'll be a few surprises in there. Perhaps your strongest asset is something you don't often think about or admit. These surprise answers are unfiltered messages. They are messages that came from simply being fully in your body. And there's magic there. And there's an immense, powerful amount of self-wisdom that comes from being grounded and mindful. And letting yourself just be instead of second-guessing or editing yourself while you write. How's that? Perfect. I'm completely hooked. <laughs> if I thought I could manage technology and writing with my non-dominant hand at the same time, I would have been writing while you were talking. But I'm definitely going to go back and listen to this again so I can try it on my own. I really appreciate you giving us a little taste of what the book has to offer us and, and how we might learn to serve ourselves through a new and different practice. So I, I really appreciate that. What was your favorite part about writing this book? Knowing that I was going to be sharing something so powerful with other people, I was driven to, to write this book. I, I had to do it. I had to get it out. I had to share with people this tool. Not everybody's going to love it, but there are going to be people that are going to embrace it like I do. And I, I had to get it out there. Sure. Yeah. Um, the anticipation of reaching people that maybe you never would have been able to reach before is a wonderful thing. Tell me what the most challenging part of writing this book was for you. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was probably 
the fact that I am seen as a very uh, pragmatic, logical, savvy businesswoman for 30 some odd years. And this book is a little woo. <laughs> it's not woo woo, but it's yeah. a little woo for sure. 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 And most people read this and, you know, people who've known me for years read the book and they're like, wow, this is a part of Catherine I never knew about. Yeah. And that so it, was, it was a little scary. So was it, was it challenging to, for you to bring that on to the page or did you find that once the hands started moving, there was a free flow of ideas and it, you didn't, did you run into any roadblocks during the process at all? Um, no, once I started, once I got clear about what I needed to do, and I'll be honest with you, I started right here in my journal with my yeah. non-dominant handwriting. What did, what is it that I needed to share and how did I need to share it? And my journaling told me, go back to the beginning and share my experience and how I was exposed to a part of this and then explain how I took it a little bit further. Um, once I got started, it wasn't, it, it wasn't challenging. The only challenging part was in the introduction, I share some things that are pretty, put me in a very vulnerable position. Sure. Yeah. And, and I felt like I needed to share that as an example, but I needed to be um, I needed to be very authentic and real and share that. And it's a little scary to sometimes be that vulnerable. Absolutely. It is. That's why most of us don't do it in public. <laughs> I just, once I was in, I was all in. <laughs> I, I'm so glad you are. And I'm so glad that you wrote this book. I am super excited about reading it all. Um, I have added you to my TBR. And I hope more people do as well. Anyone who wants to learn more about Catherine and this book, check out the show notes. We've got all the information there. Catherine, thank you so much. And I hope when you write another book, you'll come back and share it with us. I will be delighted to. Thank you for, thank you for having me. And I'm looking forward to learning and going to your website and listening to some of the, I mean, I've listened to some of them, but now I'm hooked. Well, so, there's over a hundred. So you've got some time. I do. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks again. I hope you have a marvelous day. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Indie Reads Aloud Radio. We hope you'll join us again next week for another story. If you're an indie author and you'd like to share your story with us, visit our website at dkpwriter.com to sign up and read aloud.